Now, obviously, we'll be focusing on the match of the Aviva, but seriously, Italy, am I right? First, the under-20s win in France, then the seniors are denied only by a coat of paint? Anyway, it's time to start harping on rugby. My name is Jeff Pagano and welcome to Harpin' on Rugby, where with the help of some fellow fans, I get the chance to harp on what's going on with Leinster, Ireland and the wider rugby world. First up, joining me is someone earning podcast number 14 to go with a record-setting amount of written articles for our previous incarnation at HarpinOnRugby.net. He's also the host of a multi-sport pod known as Post to Post Sport. Welcome back to Mr. Kieran Duffy. Yeah, Post to Post Sport, we're going through a bit of a midlife crisis at the moment because I've made an actual logo. I'm making logos for the podcast, and uh, we're renovating, giving our website a bit of a facelift. So uh, it's New Year, New Me stuff from post Sport, but thanks for having me back on the pod again. No problem at all, and uh, happy happy to return the favor soon. I hear you're doing some more uh, rugby coverage as well over the coming week, so just let, let me know, and I'd be, be happy to oblige. Yeah, looking forward to probably kind of sporadic rugby pods throughout the year to go along with our football, so uh, looking Looking forward to getting back to it, uh, kind of returning to podcasting with a bang that lasted a little while. So looking forward to it. Brilliant stuff. And also with us is someone who may be only earning his fourth pod cap, but who also has 90-odd articles for our old website under his belt, including his first offering way back in June 2012. He's an avid supporter of both Ulster Rugby and the Newcastle Falcons, which of course makes him the Nordy Jordy. Welcome back to Mr. <laughs> Christian Ross. Thank you very much, Jeff. Pleasure to be here. It's been a while. Great to see you. Great to see you. Okay, so let's crack on with our feature match of the week, which was, of course, Ireland v. Wales in round three of the 2024 Guinness Six Nations, which was played at the Viva Stadium on Saturday afternoon. As always, our match wrap pods are brought to you by the Irish Rugby Store at Elvery's. Now, the weather was mostly dry and bright around D4, though it was a bit overcast as Jack Crowley was kicking off towards the North Stand, Kieran. Yeah, you know, as soon as Crowley kicked off, I think everyone in Ireland anyway felt like, look, this is a game we should be winning. And I'm sure Christian will touch on later. You know, there were no moments in the game where it felt like Ireland lost control. There were moments where we weren't as good. But right from the off, uh, you know, we were really on the front foot. But Wales defended really well in that kind of first 20 minutes up until up until Dan Sheehan got over. Um, but uh, yeah, Sheehan, he's been a tri-score machine. Uh, before that, though, it was... Um, it was just usual kind of going through the phases. It was a pretty quick start, but in fairness to Wales, they did defend quite well. And, you know, I think, um, I think just the kind of Wales team, like, look, we hear a lot about transitional seasons and sometimes there's not a lot of patience for that, but, you know, Ireland probably had that under Andy Farrell after, after the, not the last, the, the world cup before the last world cup now at this stage uh, in kind of 2020, 2021, um, it was probably somewhat transitional and Wales are probably going through the same thing. Obviously, there's all kinds of things going on with the uh, rugby union over there, which is um, which is probably for another podcast and probably for people in the loop to talk about. But yeah, in fairness to Wales, I think they did well, but uh, Crowley kicked a penalty in the sixth minute and I thought that was the right decision um, both to settle Crowley into the game. Just long Crowley... One thing I like about him is if he had missed that kick, I have no doubt that he would have, 
he it wouldn't have it wouldn't have wrecked his head. And some fly halves, you could even argue Sexton in the early days of his Ireland career missed a few kicks, and then it would kind of get in his head, it would get at him. You know, we we hear about confidence players. Um, Crowley is probably a confident player. I mean, he's just always confident. Uh, he always, uh, you know, you know, against France, he missed he missed an easy enough kick by his standards. And, you know, he, he went straight back to it and he, he got straight back into the flow of things. So, you know, I think I think that was a smart decision. But even if he had missed that kick, I, I don't think it would have knocked his confidence. I think that's a good thing for a fly half to be able to just make a mistake and then drop it. But good decision just to get the scoreboard taken over, kind of put the pressure on Wales as well, just to um just to have to get the next score and to be 3-0 down, set some of the nerves maybe. Because sometimes I think when you come into a game like this, your clear favourites, I mean, Ireland were massive favourites for this game, probably favourites to win by more than they did in the end. Um, you know, I think, it, I think it just makes sense just to get your noses in front, get that first score, uh, because as we as we can see, it was it was about 20 minutes before getting over the line, and if I had been nil all, or even if Wales had gotten the penalty, then suddenly there's just that bit of doubt, just that bit of nerves. Um, and, you know, Gatlin was playing his mind games during the week, so in fairness, like, it, it could have just got under the skin I mean in fairness to this Irish team they've been fairly good at not letting things get to them maybe aside from Ruby World Cup quarterfinals uh, if we're if we're allowed to mention that but uh, you know I, I think it was good that Ireland just kept things it, it just got things kicking over and then from there went through a few phases uh, um, a couple of different times Calvin Nash I think was quite impressive he's actually he was a player who was a little bit not concerned about, but maybe I was thinking he he might not quite be at the level yet. Um, and obviously he made he only made his debut against France. He's only played three games. We don't know what his Ireland career is going to be like. He's done well for Munster, but I was always worried that you know it just might be a big step up sometime. Especially you know he's he's covering for Mark Hansen, who's been so good for Ireland. That kind of back back three of Hansen, Lowe, and uh, Keenan have been so effective. But in Ferris to Nash, I think, you know, he does a lot of the simple things well. He does a lot of does a lot does a lot of the kind of work you need your wingers to do that's not necessarily going to get credit for. And he's run a few good lines, so he was dangerous going forward. Uh then the build up towards the try there the couple of minutes before. Uh we uh we had another advantage there outside the twenty-two. She didn't claim the claim the ball. Um and then um it was it was an Irish throw into the line out. Came back to a scrum. Uh, it was a bit of it was a bit of kind of back and forth with that. This stage, Ireland had I think over seventy percent possession, so it was looking inevitable. But it was important the score did come because you know you can keep knocking on it. Like possession doesn't win games at the end of the day. Possession helps you win games. Uh, so you know from there it was a line out mall. Kalen Doris claimed it. Thought he was really good uh, two weeks ago against Italy. And uh, just kind of crept over the line. Sheehan got over. I think Sheehan, he's just really prolific. He's just really, um, like, he's he's he is world-class. And uh, Crowley kicked a good conversion. And uh, from there, you know, I think um, it was just quite inevitable. I mean, I know Christian would go uh, through the rest of the half there. Yeah, they did. It was, I mean, the, the, fir- the first uh, 20 minutes, it, it, a lot of it was about the Welsh defence. I mean, we were, you know, we were wondering, like, it was, it was a very young Welsh team. And I remember you can you can even see it even before the match when the teams were in the tunnel. Um, they they had a young captain in Daffod Jenkins, and they put the camera almost right in his face. You could you could tell by him that 
that it was an occasion, what a big occasion it was for him. Very young, he's leading his out his team. It was a you know daunting challenge for this Welsh side playing a an, an Irish team at the top of their game and, and all that going on. But uh, from the start, they did defend well. They got jackals from um, well, you you always expect a, a jackal penalty from uh, Tommy Rafael at some stage. But they also they thwarted us at different times. Um, we had a. Are we at one stage we had them all seem to be going towards the line, but they managed to kill that, and that was a big win for them as well. That would have boosted their confidence. But on the other hand, like you said, we were we had we were dominating the possession, and um, we were defending well. Also, we were getting jackals from Porter. We we're getting jackals from Bundiaki. Uh, we were they 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 weren't getting any they weren't getting any joy with the ball at all themselves. And it was just a question of when we could make something happen. But the big, and the big story that one of the big stories in that first 20 minutes, I think was the scrums. Now the lineouts, we've been singing the praise of the lineouts. That was a bubble that had to burst at some stage. You almost wanted to, because it's like, it's like, Oh, this, you've been Ireland, been perfect at the lineout and everyone's going to say it. And it's like, you're season, but they just lose one just to get it out of the way. And so we can stop talking about that and we can focus on what we're doing. And a couple, they weren't perfect. And you know, the couple might've been overthrown and stuff, but in the scrums, we got a really good nudge on the second one and we started winning penalties and that was key. And that's what led to that um, mall try. And of course at that mall try, we were a lot more organized. There was no chance. Dan Sheehan had a good handle on it at the back of the mall. When we saw we were moving forward, you saw Lowe joining in, Henshaw, Aki, they were all joining in to get it over the line. So that was uh, that, that, that definitely got us uh, got us on the board and uh, got, got the tries moving. And, and that actually provided a perfect break for me to hand over to Christian to harp on the second quarter. Yeah, um, it was interesting because I think obviously Jack Crowley um, kicked a penalty, um, got the ball away. Um, and I think at that point, Ireland started to look really, really settled. Um, uh, I think, you know, there was... Uh, a lot of work started to go in, started to move forward. Um, I think James Lowe had a great, um, great opportunity. It was great work in the scrum again. There was a missed try opportunity around about the twenty-seven minute mark there, um, and I think at that point Wales looked. Um, I think well, I think Wales were, were restarting one of the cush a bit. And then obviously they did get that second try just after the half an hour mark through James Lowe. Um, and obviously that that's a point where you know it went it went to seventeen nil. I think for me. Um, and we've seen this, uh, you know, we saw this under uh, under Schmidt. If that had have been, I think, you know, you know, five six years ago, it, it, they would have went for gold. Do you know what I mean? They they, they have these opportunities. They, they, they would have went gold. They would have went to the post. And it's so. And I know, but I know we'll go on about this. And it's been, you know, it's been talked about time and time again. But it's just so refreshing to see the impact in your tent every single time. Um, you know, to get another bonus point win um, is 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 just fantastic. Um, but I thought Wales, I thought Wales actually toward the end of the half, I thought they actually played uh, played well. I thought I think sort of it was almost sort of kitchen sink type, uh, type stuff. Um, I think we really started to go for it. I think the thought was that if they could get a score uh, before half time, then they, they might be able to worm their way back in the win. Obviously, it, it 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 didn't happen until the 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 second half. Um, but you know, there was uh, you know they they're an improving side. You can only beat, I think, what's in front of you. Um, but I think overall, first half, I mean, it, it's seventy nil. You can't really beat. Um, you know, you can't be disappointed with that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was all about. Uh, you know, we, we we really needed to get that second try, and it was it was kind of a it was a kind of a journey uh, towards you know breaking down the Welsh defence, breaking down what they were trying to do. Um, now, obviously, they had to take risk, which means they were giving away a lot of penalties and. 
it just didn't seem right. I mean, skipping ahead to the end of the game, there were two yellow cards yeah. for us, which which I think both of those were fair. But how the Welsh didn't get one, I'm not really sure. There was um, there was an incident in the second half where they uh, where they stopped one of our th- one of our attacks and uh, thought that on, that in itself could have been the yellow, but it just. I think they were lucky to keep 15 on for the for the entire match. But you know, that said, they still defended well. Um, they 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 made it. They they never made it easy for us to break down. So we had to um, we we had to work that extra bit as well. But so we, so that move up to that um, that low try, it took 12 phases, mm. but we still worked it back and forth. And I think there's no better man in that position, in scrum half, than uh, Jameson Gibson Park. Yeah, and I think he's really he's really good at finding that uh, finding that last pass. And uh, knowing knowing which way to go each time, and you know sometimes maybe he takes the odd risk, but it's a it's a calculated risk, you know. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it was a it was a curious half. Um, like Wales, they they had their chances as well, and our lineup wasn't great, but we were doing well at the scrums. It was uh, it, it was a kind of a it was a scrappy process, but uh, I I really think that that we were always in control. I think we we it's like we always knew even right up to the end we knew that there was another score coming but yeah. um it just it, you know it was fr- kind of frustrating to watch in a way but um it, it's it's kind of the way I was I was when, when he, we had a pod during the week I had a Welsh uh, supporter on who's who's done a book his name is Simon Williams and the book is uh, Welsh rugby what went wrong perfect title um <laughs> but uh, no he's uh, what what I what I said to him about the Irish team is that we might he thought that we'd be totally confident for an Irish win, but that's just not in our DNA as as supporters. Um, but uh, whatever, however we feel, the players don't show that. The players mm-hmm. are the ones who show confidence. I was talking about Duffy Jenkins looked um, in the in the tunnel before coming out. He looked kind of nervous yeah. coming out, but that's never Ireland. Ireland are always match ready. They're ready to go from the start. And they, they have that. And the confidence is almost what drives them even more than the, than, than their actual tactics and their approach. But um, no, 17 nil at halftime. It, it did look about right, but as always, you're more impressed with the nil than this, than the 17. Yeah. But listen, it was a, a de- decent enough half, but we were kind of expecting more. So anyway, like, as you say, the score at halftime was Ireland 17 Wales nil. Now, as any Leinster fan will tell you, albeit reluctantly, a 17-0 lead at the Viva Stadium isn't 100% safe. And also, this particular Welsh side have already shown they can bounce back from being nilled in the first half. And it started to look like that could actually happen not long after the restart, Kieran. I'd nearly gotten over that one before you mentioned it. Still, uh, <laughs> still not, still not. Uh, still, still recovering. Haven't been, ga- haven't been to a game since, actually, so I need to, I need to get to one. Um, but, uh, yeah, look... Um, in fairness to Wales, they came out really fast. Uh, they probably needed a score early in the second half to have a chance of, like a losing bonus point for Wales would have been a good result in this game. And um, they, in fairness, they got that. So um, yeah, um, it was a it was it was a kind of purple patch, I suppose you could call it. Uh, is the phrase for Wales? Uh, they uh, they got out. They got over eventually for a penalty try. I think it was only about two minutes in. Uh, Ty Byrne got a yellow card. Uh, not sure if Ty Byrne was necessarily guilty or it was just kind of a yellow card for one of the forwards kind of things. Uh, but um, you know, in in fairness, it it wasn't. The discipline went a little bit in the first in the first half, and uh, I, I on Virgin Media they were talking a bit about look. I remember Joe Malloy saying, "Look, are you are you not allowed just kind of going to." Go down a few gears or something if you if you're if you're winning a game and it's a game you know you're gonna win. 
But uh, then again, like you look at France and New Zealand against the likes of Italy and Namibia in the World Cup. Uh, I mean, they they were well in charge that game in the first half, and then they went on and really um really put the screw and nearly ended up with a hundred points on the odd occasion. So you could argue here Ireland should have come out to a flyer and yes, seventeen nil. I mean, you don't have the bone like the bonus point was important here, and as we'll see later, it it came very late. So you know, I think I, I think this was this was a bit of a wake up call for Ireland. Just that you can't you can't relax yet. And if we did this against England or Scotland, I'd be a little bit more worried because I think England are going to be really up for the game. They were able to find a good touch and had a line out ball. Uh, it got over the line and it was um, it went up to the T. It went up to the TMO. Uh, eventually, was awarded as a penalty try. Again, I think it was it was inevitable because we were giving away a lot of penalties early on in the half. I think if you're giving away successive penalties, it's not even that you're giving away a lot of penalties in the game. It's like you're giving away a lot of penalties within the same kind of uh, passage of play. So uh, from there on, from there on, Ireland kind of just nudged their way into the game. It it seemed like it seemed like maybe foot off the pedal a little bit. I mean, it was you could argue. Um, you could argue should have been more urgency to get that uh, to get that third and fourth try. You have to get the third one before you get the fourth. And we had only had uh we had we had only we were only seventeen points up. So um I think Frawley generally played well. He moved the game well. He offers that other playmaker side of things. Um and you know probably takes some of the spotlight off Jack Crowley as well, who you know still isn't that still isn't that uh experienced at this level. So you know you can't put too much pressure on him. Because there's always going to be a lot of pressure anyway on a uh, on a international ten. Uh, at the end of the kind of sixty minutes, there was um, Aki Bundy Aki got over uh, went up to the team. I was um, called no try for Robbie Henshaw forward pass. Like I uh, I think you know that was it was good to get over the line even though it didn't stand. I think again it was it was kind of like in the first half it took twenty minutes to get over the line. And um, you see, uh, Christian will talk about the next try, but um, you know, I think I think it was kind of it was a bit sloppy. It was a bit foot off the pedal stuff. It wasn't as impressive, and you know, it's it's too early to peak too early for the next World Cup. But if um, you know, if we're gonna do if it, like the bones of this team are gonna get past the quarterfinal eventually, which seems to be the big goal uh, i think that's a bigger goal than winning the nation's cup type thing that's coming in um if we're if we're gonna get get there we probably need to keep up that intensity and you know as more as good as ireland have been this six nations this 20 minute spell was uh was probably the worst it's been but it's no harm coming in a game like this because you know we were always going to win the game i mean wales never looked like winning the game um i mean they they got a penalty try that didn't really look like scoring again from after that it never looked like the game was we were losing control of the game it just looked like we weren't taking the game by the scruff of the neck yeah i mean um wales definitely they started both halves pretty well and which is a, you know they, they they've they've good coaches um i mean warren gatlin knows usually knows what he wants out of his team and i suppose with all the inexperience they have 
they'll get to a stage where when they're settled into matches, uh, they'll be able to carry it through uh, to the end of each half. But I think Ireland kind of worked out what was going on in each half and was able to uh, was able to, to to make the right adjustments. But um, just a special mention, I think, for the Welsh side to Cam Wynette at um, uh, at fullback. I think he was really impressive. Uh, in fact, he lived up to his name in many in many ways because as a fullback, when there was a high ball, he was calm, and uh, when it was when even when he was challenged, he'd win it. Um, uh, even more often than not. Um, now on the the try, the penalty try, I I actually thought it was a good spot from Dixon. Um, the uh, he did change his bind. I didn't see it at first. I didn't see how it affected, but he does do it. And uh, but the thing is with the tie burn, I mean, what a return to the pitch. That is one of the best returns to the pitch ever. He comes back on having been having been put to the naughty step for pulling down uh, or for affecting a mall to return just when there's a five meter uh, line out again. There's, so there's going to be another mall. What does he do? He gets, you, you might think he might stay out of it in case he gets caught again. No, he gets stuck in, gets on the ball and rips it and steals it. I mean, that's the best. Uh, and uh, Mark Robson called him turnover tig. Uh, so that's uh, that. I think that's a name that might uh, actually stick if it hasn't already. Um, but um, also in that half, you had the, the, the 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 exchange between Andrew Porter and uh, Garrett Thomas there was a there was a ruck where um, I think Thomas had a yellow boot or something that had come off and uh, Porter was just standing on the edge of the, the the ruck and he saw it on the ground he picked it up and flung it flung it behind him and there was sort of handbags for you know he's like you pushed you you threw my shoe and it, it was like it was it was a crazy it was a crazy situation but uh, that's 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 prop life for you. You know, I know all about it. Um, the other thing was Frawley's role. Um, as we tried to, as we were trying to change things up, we were trying to get that, get that all important third try and move, you know, get back into the, get, you know, get back towards the bonus point. Like you were saying we needed Frawley was uh, showing up a lot at first receiver, which I thought was interesting because uh, you know, it shows the extra dimension having him at fullback can bring. And uh, so, which kind of tells me that they really have him in mind as the backup, uh, fullback. It's not just a you know he's not just there to to cover uh, Hugo Keenan, but when he is there, he can actually do other roles. He was doing kick passes. He was showing his creativity, you know. And uh, just one more thing on that uh, penalty try. I just wanted to um, just just to make everyone aware that 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 actually try was mostly my fault because um, when I saw the score was seventeen nil at halftime, I remember that we nilled Italy in the previous match. So of course, I dug into the uh, the the stats books and found out the last time Ireland conceded and that was in the 52nd minute uh, in Marseille against France so I, of course I put that out there which meant it was inevitable that uh, Wales were going to score uh, as early as possible in the second half so that was actually my fault and apologies to all Irish fans for that but anyway listen seriously after all that it was uh, still just a 17 to 7 as the game ticked over into the final quarter quarter Christian yeah and I mean obviously then going into the the the, the um you know the final quarter. Um, I think it was it was game management stuff from Wales, but in the sense that I think they were more interested in stopping us getting points than they were maybe trying to uh, try and reduce the deficit um, of their own. Um, and again, I think that's probably testament, you know, to the way that they are at the minute. The, the, you know, they knew that you know the the knew that we weren't, they weren't going to um, beat us up front. You know, they knew they weren't going to beat us in the backs. Um, you know, and we've, we've obviously, I think people have talked about Wales at length and about you know how the transitional team and all that kind of thing. But it was great, obviously, when when the, you know got the try through Kieran Foley. Uh, you know, was great rolling more before that uh, from the uh, from the line out. Um, 
Personally, I hope it made Warren Gatland absolutely furious because I know he was waxing lyrical during the week, um, and I think he was trying to stir the um, the proverbial pot. Um, but yeah, and I think you know what you you mentioned there as well about the um, you know about the cards at the end of the game. It, it was it was frustrating to see James Ryan get binned because I think that's something that again you know for a long long time we haven't we haven't seen you know we haven't seen mistakes like that creep in. Um, and I could be wrong, but I think actually when when he got binned, it was it was for not um, retreating ten meters. I think I think that's what I'd Yeah, about. well, it was more of a it was more of a case that we were on a warning, and mm-hmm. um, there was actually in that particular move, the ref found three penalties. Um, so it was just a question of his happened to be the first. I think it, it was just a question. It was more of a question of a successive succession of penalties rather than. Um, rather than him, but it was, I mean, we were, we were shipping a lot of penalties. It was yeah. just, when you add that, when you measure that up against the fact that the Welsh didn't get, didn't, didn't get one at some stage, mm-hmm. you couldn't pick one. I mean, I could only pick one incident where they had a hand in the ruck and we had a break, we got to the 22 and there was a hand, a hand in the ruck, scooped the ball out. And uh, that wasn't, that wasn't binned, but uh, it's, it's just about, you know, the way the game turned out is just being a bit finicky, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, in, in terms of uh, refereeing inconsistencies, I mean, we could probably go on, could probably go for a much, massive tangent here. I mean, France versus Italy as well, their kick, and, you know, Scotland, uh, the, the, you know, the week before last. Um, and I suppose, you know, uh, uh, you know, it didn't really make a, well, it didn't make a difference at all to the, to the outcome of the game on this occasion. But again, maybe it's, it's something that, you know, needs to be viewed and, um, because, you know, I'm probably going to sound like a real traditionalist here, but I think maybe some of the referees on the, the current circuit, if you want to call it that, um, aren't, um, aren't maybe as good as what we had, you know, like sort of Owens years ago and Barnes. That's not to say that they're not great officials. They are. Um, but, um, yeah, it is it, it is incredibly frustrating, you know, when one team is, um, is penalised and is sanctioned and the other team isn't. Um, for for similar offences, um, but yeah, look at the draw, and obviously, like I say, it, did, it didn't make much difference. And then the biggest thing for me was obviously getting the the bonus point try um, at the end. I mean, um, but again, you know that that's what I mean. You know, in tech, attack and intent, constantly wanting to to try and strive for the best thing. And I mean, you know, uh, five out of five. Uh, sorry, yeah, uh, fifteen points out of fifteen points. You know, three uh, three out of three now. Um, you know, I, I mean, for me, we are. You know, I know the uh, the GS word is banned, but it does, um, it, you know. I am starting to think, you know, we're 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 nearly there. But I will say that I think I I always get nervous about when we play England at Twickenham, always, um, especially because I lived there a few years ago and uh, we got beat, and it was on my birthday as well, so it was the worst birthday ever. Um, and uh, I I think Scotland uh, as well. I mean, it's 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 going to be yeah, it's going to be a test. It's going to be a real, real test. Um, and and you know, hopefully, you know. Uh, we won't be making you know those sorts of um, errors at the end of of games like that, you know, uh, because um, that you know it's, they could easily be you know one score games. Um, so you know that James Ryan simping, although it it isn't, and again you know you talk about being physically and politically, yeah, um, it didn't affect the game, but you know you look you look at it and you think, well, please don't do that in a in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, I mean, we, at least we, we did show that we were able to convert when it was needed. I mean, like uh, that that penalty I said when that should have been a yellow card to hand in the ruck. Our our the frolly try came from that. We put yeah. it into the corner. We won the line out. There were phases, and then again, Gibson Park found that 
X that that pass that one pass that that got uh, Frawley over the line and um, and then just after that try you got Stu McCluskey big choo choo Stu coming on for for Nash and uh, it was his uh, he he did a big hit in the 77th minute I mean he's he's put some great shifts yeah. for Ireland in recent times and it was his hit followed by a Jack Conan counter ruck which forced the penalties 77th minute now we weren't done we didn't give up I mean a lot of people were frustrated by that series in that quarterfinal in mm-hmm. France but we I mean we we had that series we were we had a score to win and we had phase after phase after phase yeah. and this time it worked we kept going and going and in the third quarter we were calling um we were calling him turnover tight. Well, this time he was bonus <laughs> bonus point burn. Um, he was, uh, you know, 16 phases in and around the Welsh line. Now, of course, the Welsh have been tackling like demons all day. They would have been on their last legs. Uh, we, we made the most of that. We didn't give up. It was, you know, every single carry, 16 phases at the end of a game. I mean, that's something else with their old bench on. And uh, to, to, to be able to turn over the ball every time, not give away penalties, and then fight for the very end and get that over the line. That is a credit credit to us. It, you know, it's not great for the old heart. We thought we would have been moaning about a lost bonus point had we not gotten it. But at the end of the day, you know, they 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 used the whole 80 minutes and they got it in the end. And that's 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 the sign of a good team. 100%. I mean, uh, you, look at, uh, you know, you look at, you know, the way that we, we finish games and I think it's just a simple case. I think Andy Farrell has just instilled it that, you know, if you keep playing, it's, it's almost like build it and they will come. You know, if you if you keep playing the way that you're doing it, it will come and, and it did in the end. And I think when I think when Taupo went over the try, it was quite it was quite it was almost like in slow mo when he got through that gap. Um and you could see the, the you know the Welsh defenders almost think, Oh yeah, that's it, he's 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 through, he, he's gone over. Um but yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think I look at you know look at where we are. Um, you know, Grand Slam last year, potential GS this year. Um, you know, and I also look at as well. You know, I think we, we briefly mentioned to each other the other day about you know the uh, the under twenties and how they haven't lost a, a under twenty six nations six nations game now since since twenty twenty one. And obviously, as you rightly pointed out, there will be sternly tests by England. But you know, it's not it's it's not just. Um, it's obviously filtering through, um, as cliche as that sense. It's obviously, you know, dripping down or whatever you want to call it. They are, you know, everything seems to be going right at the minute with the um, with the national setup. Um, so, and I think, and I think the wonderful thing is as well, of course, is you know they talked about injuries and they talked about you know people missing and that kind of thing. There just seems to be such a range of depth now compared to what you know what the what they used to be and. Um, you know, even you know, even when uh, you know Sexton will get injured, and you know people will be, oh God, you know Sexton's gone now. You know, first you know first tournament without Sexton, and it, it just doesn't look like it's bothered them, you know, whatsoever. Um, so it, it it's great to see. It's a pleasure to watch. It's great to be watching Ireland at the minute. Um, but yeah, I'm still still nervous about the next couple of weeks. But as you said, that's just um, that's just in the DNA, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And just one final mention for. Um... For Ryan Baird, he uh, we we all I always make a note when he goes on a rampage, um, and uh, we had a situation. Now this is go you go back to just literally the game just before COVID. It was a Leinster match at the RDS, and he was he was still a still a rookie, and uh, he was playing alongside Scott Fardy, and he did one of those. He just all of a sudden he broke free, and he's just this big hulking guy running with the ball in open space, and he's tearing in, and I just think. I think though everyone's almost afraid to tackle him, and he had one of those here. It was right after the Frawley try, I think, and uh, it was right after the restart. And uh, Kelleher slipped him through, and he was he was charging down the pitch, and uh, he he almost 
he almost fooled himself in a way. He he's he swayed to the left. If he just if he'd gone to the right at that stage, he would have been even to get the pass. But he went to the went to the left, and uh, it it just fell through. But it's always a always an amazing sight to see. But anyway, listen, that's a side note. Um, yeah, it was a great. They played right to the end. They got that bonus point try, and the final score was, of course, Ireland thirty-one, Wales seven. <laughs> Well, elsewhere in the Six Nations, there were definitely more competitive matches. As first, Scotland came from behind to lift the Calcutta Cup for the fourth time in a row. But even that was eclipsed by Italy's heroics in Lille. Some may say that Dante sending off made the difference, but we all know in previous years, France would still have won that. And it took a great effort from the visitors, especially without the ball. So that leaves the table with Ireland with maximum points at the top with 15. Then Scotland have nine, England eight, France six, and then Wales and Italy uh, fighting for the wooden spoon with three apiece. Meanwhile, in the under-20s, Ireland also made a three wins from three, although there they sit in second place behind England, who have maximum points, which means their meeting at the wreck in round four should be the tournament decider. Also, congratulations are in order for the Wolfhounds, the mostly Leinster slash Ulster based side, which defeated their fellow Irish team Clovers by 47 to 26 to clinch the Celtic League trophy on Saturday evening. And we're not done yet with the Irish Rugby Roundup. Both genders have been in action over in the Vancouver Sevens. Sadly, neither have been faring as well as they did in Perth. The women failed to get out of their pool, but still wins over Great Britain and Japan did at least get them their best possible finish of ninth in the playoffs. Meanwhile, the men did reach the last eight where they ran into the French, who, as you probably know, have a certain Monsieur Dupont in their ranks, and it was his try that put them out. At the time of recording, they still have to play in the playoffs for fifth place. That just leaves Leinster, or should I say the Reese Reddick All-Stars, who played a friendly away to Saracens on Friday night. Sadly, tries from Max Deegan, Finton Gunn, and Brian Deeney were not enough to avoid a 31-19 defeat. All of which brings us to our final thoughts from the weekend, starting with Kieran. Yeah, look, uh, five points from five. I think it's a, it's a very, very much to kind of, if it was the pool stage of the European Cup, I think we'd be happy with that four bonus point wins. But yeah, look, have to be happy with it. I mean, it wasn't the perfect display, but... Um, ideally would have had the bonus point wrapped up a little bit earlier but like you know the Six Nations is uh, is always going to be a tough competition um, to get off to mention Italy after this weekend you know they if they had kept up their first half against England they would have beat them they were well outmatched by Ireland but did defend well in parts and then today you know um, that bit of character especially after being absolutely like I remember in the World Cup thinking maybe they could cause France a problem, maybe they could cause New Zealand a problem, not beat them, uh, but maybe cause them a problem. I mean, after all, they did draw on the law with New Zealand in 2019, so you know, clearly, clearly they have a set of precedent for big results. But you know, um, I, I think that they did great to wrestle that back. Scotland as well, there was a time I nearly say with Scotland, they're like where Ireland were before Joe Schmidt took over, maybe before 2009 winning the Grand Slam. They're in that kind of really good team that just can't seem to get over the line. If they manage to beat Ireland in the last game, I think that will be getting over the line to a large extent. But, you know, um, I think that's going to be a really tough game in the last week because we, you know, they're going to be really up for it. They didn't really, they, they didn't do anything in the World Cup. I mean, they were always going to finish third in the group ahead of Tonga and Romania. They didn't really offer anything. And this is a couple of words. This is two World Cups in a row that they haven't offered anything. So I think this is a really important Six Nations for them. They should have beaten France. And I know there was the controversy with the last try. They probably should have been awarded the try. In fairness to Finn Russell, he came out and just said, look, he, they took responsibility. And I think that's really good. 
uh, because like if you're relying on the last minute try to win the game, you probably didn't do enough throughout the game to win it. Uh, as for England, it's an interesting one because again, like it's kind of like roles reversal almost. I remember, it, it, I mean, growing up, it was always England as the one of the dominant sides, the Six Nations, Ireland very much struggling, but seemed to always get up to play against England. I think now it's kind of the other way around. Ireland very much the dominant team in the Six Nations, but England will definitely be up to playing us. And, um, you know, I think, you know, I I think it's the, I, certainly not in the Six Nations. I think maybe France did it in the 90s, but it's been a long time since someone's won back-to-back. England and Scotland are going to be starving to stop that now. Because when you when you look when you look at no one everyone wants to knock Ireland off their perch, so uh, I think that'll be two two difficult games, two different games. Maybe won't won't be as dominant as the Wales win was uh, on the pitch, but uh, yeah, overall Six Nations. I think look, Ireland should win from here, but aren't guaranteed to win from here. And I think it would be, you know, I I I think like on paper Ireland beat England and beat Scotland, but at the end of the day, you have to go out and play the game. Uh, I think on paper, everyone would have had France beating Italy, and um, that didn't happen today, obviously. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good weekend, and hopefully um, it'd probably be better for the tournament uh, if Ireland don't win, but uh, I don't support the tournament. I support Ireland, so I hope it's another... I'm hoping a few weeks we're talking about that. That's the last time I'm going to say that word on this podcast. Um, oh, I'm going to bleep, totally bleep that out. <laughs> the, 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 G, the GS word. Uh, but uh, good... Good, not great win for Ireland. Got the job done, and isn't it great that we can be only content with a bonus point win with five points in the three games? You know what I'm trying to say, the bonus point wins. <laughs> isn't it great that we can only be just happy enough with a bonus point win in the Six Nations? And actually, for Christian's final thoughts, uh, it's been a quite a, um, an eventful week uh, over in Ulster, so maybe, maybe um, you can talk to us a bit about that. Yeah, it's, uh, it's never boring being an Ulster fan, Jeff, believe me. Um yeah, obviously, uh, Dan McFarland out, um, which I don't think has came to uh, anyone's surprise, really, obviously, after his comments uh, in the game, uh, after the Ospreys game. Um, I mean, it was quite surreal. I actually had a look back through some tweets today um, and I almost sort of had a yearly tweet about Dan McFarland. So the first tweet was that I wished him well when he got the job, but I wasn't particularly excited about the appointment. Uh, and I think the second year was that he'd done he'd done well, you know he he'd almost got where we needed to be. But obviously we um again, you know I think I mean, you don't want to use the word bottle jobs, but you know as as always also the um the bridesmaid never the bride. Um and then I think last season it was sort of you know we're on the slide now. Um, improvement desperately needs to be made. And then obviously the 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 tweet from a couple of weeks ago that I made, which was. Uh, which posted, which was something along the lines of, um, you know, he he needs to go, and I think, um, I mean, for me, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't always believe in you know, bringing in bringing in big names and that kind of thing, but, um, you know, for me, I don't think he was ever really the right person for the job, um, and I think Ulster have got to do a lot of soul searching because, I mean, you know, I, I always try out the stat about um, about the fact, you know, how how obviously Leinster and Munster but multiple league titles in you know since two thousand and six. Connacht have won have won one as well. And also have just won absolutely nothing. And um it is it is so so frustrating. Um and I know there is a lot of talk as well at the minute around um I don't think everything's confirmed, but I know there's a lot of talk around uh finances and that kind of thing. There's a bit of talk around money at the moment. Um but 
um, they need to try and bring somebody in who is going to uh, try immediately hit the ground running because I think, you know, for years after the sort of um, McLaughlin days, it was almost like right, okay, we're we're building to become a really good team now, and you know that's that's over. That's I think nearly ten years ago now. So um, I just find it bizarre as well. And again, it might sound very harsh, but it's found it bizarre as well that Dan McFarlane has 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 taken charge of the most. Um, league games in the most Ulster games in the professional era. Do you know what I mean? By quite some distance as well. Um, and I just think myself, you know, why, why did they stick with him for, for so long? Um, and maybe we're a forgiven bunch up here in the north. Maybe we are. Um, but I think, yeah, I think his time was. Um, I think his time was up. Um, obviously interim coach until the end of the season, and then they need to, the, the, you know, they need to, um, they need to really the, the IOFU and obviously an Ulster branch. Really need to take a, a good look and think, you know, where they're going to um, where they're going to go next because, um, you know, I mean, and again, I know social media is no metric to measure anything, but you know, you see, you do see it yourself. I mean, there is a lot of there's a lot more grumbling on on Ulster Ulster X, um, as it uh, as it's now probably known um, than the than there has been in in previous years. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, the impression I've always gotten is that you know, as like I I, I don't know how. Well, maybe Dan maybe shouldn't have should have gone maybe long before this or whatever it was. But it's all it's from what I've heard from Ulster fans or an Ulster X, like you say, is that the problems were there. Um, the problems go are still are there above him. There have been decisions made above him, not just in the Ulster branch, but yeah. in the way the IRFU deals with the Ulster branch. Now, I'm not saying that David Humphreys coming in for New Sephora is necessarily yeah. going to benefit Ulster because yeah. you want him to come in. You want him to come in and be looking at all four provinces. But still, whatever new pair fresh eyes come in, he can definitely uh, realize that, that that is somewhere that needs that does need a bit of work. So um, hopefully, may, maybe when that change comes, um, maybe there will be a may, may, maybe there'll be a lot more thinking, and Ulster might get themselves sorted. Potentially, yeah. I mean, I think um, all I think Ulster are always sort of looked at as like the forgotten cousin a lot of the time. And to be fair, I don't really buy into a lot of that stuff. You know, again, you know, you see it when Ulster fans are saying, "Oh, you know, why such and such not playing for Ireland?" and and you know that kind of thing. And to me, it really doesn't bother me. I mean, you could have fifteen Leinster players playing for Ireland. It just does not bother me in the slightest at all. Yeah. I think we're very parochial in that kind of sense and, and we are very provincial and partisan, three Ps. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, the um, there's the, there's definitely a lot of work to be done, a, a huge amount of work to be done. And you look what sort of, you know, happened out, out west with, with Connacht and, you know, where, you know, where they were and where they've, they, they've got to. Um, you know the the kinds of talent as well that they're producing too, and I think that's another thing too as well. I think you know it's, it's maybe not just about about you know results and stuff. It's about you know um, producing players too, and I, I just I, you know there's a, there's there's a, there's a couple who've came through the last couple of years where you think to yourself, God, you know they're they're good players, but um, it's still yeah, there's, there's just there's just a hell of a lot of to have been done, and like I say, you know, no trophy now since two thousand six. You know we're, we're coming on. Uh, 19 years next year, um, and I mean, the, the I think Ulster fans pretty much all, all they want is all they want is a trophy. That's that's all they want. Um, and hey, you never know, they might uh, the the never know they might might go well in the Challenge Cup. Um, but I'm sure that'll be a 
agonising loss in, in the semi-final of that as well if we, if, we, if we make that tournament so if we make it through the semi of that tournament well that's brilliant lads we're going to leave it there many thanks again to Kieran and Christian for joining me hope to have you both on again soon lads thanks thanks Jeff thanks Jeff as for our next batch of Harpen look out for our 80 plus column on Tuesday then we turn our attention back to the URC as Leinster head to the Welsh capital we'll have a preview on Friday and we'll be recording the wrap pod on Sunday evening as ever keep up with our content on social media the links are in the program notes in the meantime stay safe Safe, everyone. Slan.